All right. So what's our stance on jump scares? Do we love them? Do we hate them? Do we think they're necessary? Do we think they're trash and the worst part of horror? <laughs> Foster, thoughts? Um, love them if they're actually story motivated. Don't love them if it's just loud music with nothing to accompany it. You mean a cat just jumping across the screen? Not your yeah, thing? Yeah, I think, I think those are silly, but there's some great jump scares if the characters in the movie are actually scared by something real. Rowan? I agree with Foster on like the ethos of, of jump scares. Me personally, I hate being scared, but the sensation <laughs> gives me such a rush that like it's you know it's a high that I ride uh, for for a few minutes either before or after it uh, it happens. Sometimes both. So I hate the con like the the I hate experiencing a jump scare, but I love the concept of them. If that makes any sense. All right, and our mystery guest thoughts on jump scares. Uh, yeah, I think they're like any other technique in movies. They, there's great examples of them being used exceptionally, and there's great examples of them being used horribly. So <laughs> it just requires a skilled filmmaker at the end of the day. Yep, I agree. Uh, my take is they are a necessary evil. Uh, I think that's the best <laughs> way to put it. I, I prefer more genuine scares where tension is ramped up and atmosphere generates things and character development leads to a horrifying moment. But I also understand that sometimes you just need a loud screeching noise and a whip cam and, you know, bam, something's in your face and it scares the crap out of you for that millisecond. And I hate it. It feels cheap, but it's uh, it's part of what it is. So, And uh, that kind of leads us into what we're talking about today. So hello and welcome to another episode of Franchise Paradiso. This is a podcast for lovers of film franchises because while we all wish more original content was being made, we cannot control the major Hollywood studios any more than we can control the weather. So we will revel in what we are force-fed and dissect our beloved cinematic franchises. My name is Heath Lynch and I am here with the amazing Foster Harlfinger. Hello everybody. And the spectacular Rowan Wood. Hey, what's going on? And we are here today to talk about the best scares in horror. To reiterate our rules and how this works, we are going to nominate our best scares that fit today's topic. Duh. And we are going to consider something only if it's part of a franchise. We consider something a franchise when there's at least three films in the series. Doesn't matter if it's three films in a trilogy, if they're all remakes, whatever. So long as there's three films, it counts. We're going to nominate uh, our franchises and our specific moments to cry, try and create a definitive franchise parody, so top 10 list for this topic. That's right, definitive, the one, the only, the best there ever was, is, and ever will be top 10 best horror scares. However, there is a catch. We have to agree. We have to collaborate, and that doesn't always come easy. So, as always, it should be fun. It should be interesting. But most importantly, we are joined today by our very special guest, May Honey. Woo! Thank you, thank you. Yay. I loved it the last two times, and I'm going to love it this time, I have no doubt. I have no doubt as well, yeah. So, uh, May, when we are putting together the season schedule and we knew we were going to do this episode, I, I couldn't think of anyone else better here. I, I think as much as the three of Aww. us love horror, uh, the three of us combined probably don't have the horror knowledge that you have. So uh, <laughs> when it comes to best scare, which is a big title to award anything, uh, that's something where we want as much knowledge as possible. So we had to get you in line for this one. So thank you so much again for joining and being a part of it. Uh, obviously, we've introduced you to before. This is your third appearance on the show. But why don't you tell us a little bit about what uh, what interested you in this topic and what made you want to be a part of it? 
Oh yeah, I mean the it's it's the it's the thing about horror, right? You go to horror and like the the most immediate thing you want to do is get scared, right? And so, I mean, of course, when you guys invited me on to talk about like the cream of the crop for my favorite favorite genre of all time, I had to say yes. I mean, what the heck? I'm not crazy. And you know, <laughs> this is just my favorite thing to talk about. I talk about this kind of thing to people that don't want to talk about it. And so, you guys inviting me on is just gives me an excuse. Perfect. I love it. That's the the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that's a good time for us to do some quick plugs. Uh, you can find me on letterboxd.fosth101. Rowan, where do you want to send people? Uh, you can find me at letterboxd and Instagram at Rowan a boat, or uh, at my website, thelenientcritic.com, or uh, I'll plug Rowan in the Wasteland today. It's another podcast that I do with uh, another Sif Pop friend, Shane, that uh, we talk about a movie weekly in episodes that are usually under half an hour. Man, biggest decision of your day, as always. Which podcast do I plug today? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heath, uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can only find me in one place. I'm not as prolific as Rowan. I am on Letterboxd, and I, that is at the one Heath bar, or uh, search Heath Lynch. Either one should be able to find me. And May, where do you want to send people? I am exactly like Heath. I am a letterbox person, and that's <laughs> exactly it. Um, you can find me at May Ellen on Letterboxd. I have a King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard uh, album cover as my profile picture. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just find me there. I try to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know what, I, what I'm even hinting at, but uh, we also have our uh, franchise parody, so Instagram, and we have a have a Gmail where you can send, as always, hate mail for Rowan and his takes at franchiseparadiso at gmail.com. Well, now that Foster has crapped on me yet again, uh, it is time, <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, time to basically talk about best scare and what that really means, you know, before we get into the nitty gritty of everything, the minutia of the topic, if you will, uh, let's set some guidelines, some parameters as to what best scare uh, actually means to us. So I'm going to I'm going to open up the floor here. I feel like this is one of the more straightforward categories. Uh, it's a, just like a self-contained moment that's designed to scare you. It could be a quick jump scare, like one second long, or it could be like a, a couple minutes leading up to some some moment. But I feel like there has to be some sort of payoff, like a, like a moment in the scene to me that stands out as being like, ooh, that's the scare moment. Mm. Foster, do you think there should be a moment in the scene? This, this is a vital <laughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> I think perhaps there should be a moment in the scene. That's my opinion. Great, great, great. Thank you. Thank you for, for confirming. Any other yeah. Uh, thoughts? Yeah, I agree with the moment take. I think that's a good take, that there should be a moment. Some some moment, some instance that we can distinctly think of and be like, oh, this is that moment. Uh, yeah, no, it just... <laughs> anything that really just startles you, that uh, gives you goosebumps, that makes you squirm in your chair a little bit or jump, uh, I think that works. It could be a longer buildup where atmosphere and tension ramps up to a quote-unquote moment. Or it can be just like a jump scare that really gets you out of nowhere. Um, it could be a kill. It doesn't have to be a kill. It could really be anything. Just so long as it gives you the heebie-jeebies in a good way, I think that's what we're looking for. It's about the feeling, man. Yeah. It's, it's about, about the, the feeling in the moment. Exactly. So now that we yeah. know that there should be a moment, uh, let's just <laughs> let's just jump right in. Uh, we are going to uh, nominate uh, our options for best scare. Now, as a reminder, we're just going to start throwing out options from our, our own personal top 10 lists 
and honorable mentions that we feel should be in the conversation for the overall top 10 that we're going to make at the end of the episode. Um, I will start us off with uh, a moment from the end of a movie called Wreck, uh, which is uh, the first in a Spanish horror um, series uh, that has four movies. Um, the uh, It was eventually remade as an American series, uh, which I haven't seen, but at the very end of the first uh, Wreck gross. movie, um, which is a, yeah, which is a, which is a found footage sort of zombie movie. Like the rules don't really like aren't as clear in the first movie. Um, but the protagonist, uh, uh, the, the, the camera goes up into the attic and it's, I knew this was going to be on the list somewhere. Yeah, it's moving around, and then like you, like you get the sense that something is going to happen. Like, like it's very clearly telegraphing a scare of some kind, and then all of a sudden, this like zombie child is going at you before you, like, before you even know what happened. Uh, this made me like actually, I think, physically jump the first time uh, I saw it, and it's not something that I actively rewatch, uh, but it is definitely uh, imprinted on me. Oh yeah, that's one of the best movies of all time. That is my favorite <laughs> horror movie ever. That wow, movie. is I it didn't, really? I didn't know that, that one. Really that, awesome. one, that one combined with the first Saw. That is my favorite. Those are my two favorite horror movies tied nice. for first. So, you might Man. hear more about something like that later. <laughs> I, I got to say about that scare, uh, it works really well because it's both a traditional tension scare and a jump scare. Mm-hmm. Like it builds tension as the camera is slowly panning around, and you just know. This is not panning for nothing. They're <laughs> going to find something. Something's going to jump out. And even though you know it's coming, when it still happens, it still makes you jump. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's the necessary evil where a jump scare really works for me. Because I'm like, ah, I knew you were going to do it. And just, God, you still scared me. I hate you, movie. <laughs> but yeah, that one, the Attic Boy scare is really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. They even integrate like the jump scare element of it into the story. Because like the, the noise you hear isn't like a like, a non-diegetic like it's like just a feedback it's just like this loud high-pitched microphone feedback that yeah. hurts to even listen to and just adds to the atmosphere like it reinforces and it, i love that movie i could talk about it forever <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna throw out, uh probably the first one that i think of when i think of scare it's just because it's a it's a memorable image is from the first conjuring movie the clap clap moment in the in the basement i just think it's so good it's like the whole sequence i think is a perfect scare on its own and then it's just punctuated by this like i mean perfect ending with the clap clap it's just so memorable i mean it like pops up like i I remember there's like a kevin hart stand-up bit that was all about the clap clap you know like everybody knows what it is it's perfect i think it's also great because this is something that was foreshadowed just by watching the kids play hide and clap throughout the house Mm, yeah 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 so yeah. when we get to that moment, you're like, oh, this isn't going to end well. And even if you haven't <laughs> seen it before and you don't know the clap clap, you're like, I don't like this. I don't like this. All the way up until the clap and the match going out. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. And the, the door is like shaking on its hinges. And it's just, it's a <laughs> mm-hmm. beautiful moment of contained chaos just after mm-hmm. that moment. <laughs> Love it. May, you got one? Yes, my number 10 is a moment from the very first child's play film. It's the moment where she grabs the Chucky doll and sees it has no batteries in it, which is an excellent <laughs> little subtle jump scare of its own. But then she's just like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. You better start talking now. And then he starts cursing, going crazy. And just abs- it's one of my favorite moments in slasher film history. I- I've literally only seen that movie once. And that moment is on my top 10 scares of all time <laughs> list. Like it, it stuck with me so hard. 
the practical effects of course are amazing and the payoff of the entire story building up to that point basically of like the mom being driven insane and her friend died and all that kind of thing and then that's the the big moment where he just finally like i'll kill you 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 know Mm -hmm. it's just it's such a great moment uh i'm gonna go with another conjuring one but this is not from the conjuring one this is from the conjuring two and this is the valak painting yeah yeah Uh, so this one is also great much like the clap clap scene that works because it's contained in the basement. There's no escape for our protagonist in that moment. They can't get out. Uh, Lorraine Warren is trapped in her office in this instance. And it's kind of also like the attic boy scare from wreck where we just see the shadow of Valak creeping around the walls. And so you like, you know, something's coming just like the attic boy. Like we're panning around the attic. Something's coming. It's and so slow, when, too, when man. The, sh- the shadow slowly goes over, and you see the painting. You're like, oh, this is a masterwork in the making. Like, you're in awe of it, and like the intelligence of how it's scripted and constructed, while also being unsettled by it, and just seeing the painting come to life and Valak appearing. And again, Lorraine is completely trapped, nowhere to go. Like, that moment is truly horrifying. The first time I watched that movie, I had to pause it after that moment because I had to like detention myself. I was like a teenager, well, like yeah, I I, just, I I had to like walk around my house and just like do some like stretches or something. That was <laughs> tense, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, the uh, this is a more recent one uh, that was spoiled by the trailer, and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it that uh, that it was given away in the marketing. But it is the uh, throwing paint from the attic in the Invisible Man. Uh, yes, the, the Lee Winnell remake. Um, this. So I I think I've talked about it on the show before. I watched this movie very late at night for the very first time uh, the summer of 2020, and that was a mistake uh, because it is. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's about being afraid of what you can't see. And uh, that is not a thing that you want to see before you go to bed in a in a pitch black room. Uh, so that is the worst night of sleep I've ever gotten. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, just this scare in particular is so good because it doesn't exactly come out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere in the way that it jumps, like a jump scare in like a modern horror movie does with like a, like um, you know, like a sting of some sort, uh, mm-hmm. musical yeah. or sound-wise, exactly. But it when like when you think about it in the layout of the scene, it makes perfect sense, and yet it still like like makes you jump out of your skin. I love it. I think it's so well done. What I the part that made me scared so much watching that is again they they kind of foreshadow it. You see it coming, but I expected him to be lower on the ladder, if not mm-hmm. like on the ground, kind of looking right. up. The fact that he's like there, <laughs> up at the top of the ladder is what freaked me out the most is he's that close to her and just that complete lack of any amount of privacy, personal space. It's just all burst immediately. And it's, it's, Oh, it's so uncomfortable on top of the fact that yes, this is a damn good jump scare. (laughs) Shout out to the sister's death in the restaurant as well. Mm. In that movie. Yeah. 
I yeah, yeah. That, that that one was also an honorable mention for me. I I almost like that scene more. I feel like the paint one maybe fits better as a scare um, than the restaurant one. But I mean, the restaurant moment is like made me gasp <laughs> in the theater. Every um, single thing you just said, I agree with. <laughs> yeah. Are we adding the restaurant one? Is that, is that a nominee? Did you say that's Can, on your honorable mentions? Could, could we count that as a scare? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think so. Then, and I, I, I actually like that one even more than the paint one. But I like them both a lot. Um, it's an okay, incredible I'm, movie, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'm gonna shift gears to the Insidious franchise, which I think that first movie has a lot of good jump scares in it. I mean, I think, um, I think James Wan is kind of like the king of modern jump scares, and pretty much every you know movie now that tries to imitate James Wan's style just doesn't do it quite as well as him. But when he does it, it works. Um, I. There's so many I could choose from the first Insidious movie. I'm quick, just quick shout out to there's one where the mom comes in the bedroom and sees a guy behind the curtain or oh my God. there's the kid <laughs> that runs around with the song playing. But really, just to narrow it in on one specific one, it's the demon behind Patrick Wilson at the yeah, table. It oh, yeah. It's just oh, yeah. like... Um, I mean, I almost feel like if we're try if we're trying to be objective, I feel like that's maybe like one of the best jump scares of all time. Um <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen I've seen that movie a couple times now, and I know it so well that it doesn't have the same effect on me. But I remember it. <laughs> I remember how it felt. <laughs> I feel like that scare has like transcended the movie. Like I, mm-hmm. I I see that clip of the demon behind Patrick Wilson a lot. And what's really good is when you go back and watch that whole scene. Because what's also kind of fun about this topic, if you want to play along at home, is that even if you haven't seen some of these movies, a lot of these are conveniently usually just a a minute minute and a half long, maybe a couple minutes tops. So you can go find these on YouTube pretty readily. Um, so you oh, can yeah. go find this demon uh, clip. And what's really great is how they set it up is they focus on, I forget the name of the woman that he's talking to, but the entire time the camera has spent way more time lingering on her. So you assume that the, the scare is going to come behind her. You think something's going to be behind her, that Patrick is going to see whatever that is. But then they flip it at the last second and snap to Patrick and the demons behind him. So it's also uh, unsettling in the fact that it's playing with your expectations. And I think that makes the scene even more interesting. The editing since, alone makes it masterful. Yeah. 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 Since, since you just mentioned that, Heath, even like the it does play with the expectations. I think I think if I'm remembering, he's talking about some other some other event that happens. And I think they might be flashing back towards that. I can't quite remember. But like you expect the scare to come in the story or the, the thing that the he flashback. or she is recounting. Exactly. And the yeah. fact that it's in the room with them is like it's so smart. It's so clever. Yeah. It's beautiful. Iconic and beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my, my next one is the Pulo skeletons from poltergeist. Yes. The, I mean, I, I just mentioned another one that was like, you know, kind of building up to it, the whole movie in terms of like the kind of thing where like the most like, like Norman Rockwell Berg, like main street USA type suburban, suburbanite existence. This is the nightmare that you imagine is at the very heart of that. This is the deepest rung of hell that exists in that movie beyond literally the hell that you basically don't see in the other dimension in that movie. It's like, it's the closest you get. And of course the whole urban legend around it is, is another layer. If you want to, and I, I recommend the curse film series on shutter to disseminate that. If you, if whoever's listening is not aware, but um, yeah, it's just overall a great constructed scene. And Toby Hooper needed to be on this list for probably mm-hmm. more than one movie <laughs> at least um and just 
yeah, I, I can't say my praises for like how grody and awful and chaotic and wonderfully lit it is as well. Just the cinematography of that scene makes it, in my opinion, just incredible stuff. Uh, I'm going to jump in and talk about this one too, because I think Poltergeist as a whole is very underrated, um, the, that original film. But Hell what yeah. makes this more scary, and this is outside of the film information, so you know, if you're just watching this, you're obviously not going to know this, but if you do know this, it adds to it is that those were real skeletons. Those were not props. They didn't have the money to go and get prop skeletons. So they actually got skeletons from like a local morgue and they put those in the pool and the actress who was swimming with them in that filth and grime didn't know they were real. Uh, I think that is kind of revolting that they would do that to her (laughs) just from a, principle moral standpoint uh but does that make the scene more visceral and scary to me absolutely the fact that she falls into this pool and just like all these skeletons and skulls are surfacing from the depths and it is revolting uh it makes that scene truly horrifying especially that they're real dead bodies (laughs) it's worth noting they were medical skeletons they like did them up to look like that and everything yeah They, they were like pristine but still, like yeah oh, real dead bodies i agree <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i'm gonna throw out a classic i i will i am gonna note something at this point i'm wondering how many of these we're gonna see as we go of, of newer scares versus older scares because i wonder how much we've become jaded as horror fans because i don't know if you guys experienced this putting your list together where it's harder to get scared these days because we've seen so much or we've been trained to un- under- kind of see what's coming. Even the jump scares, we kind of, oh, they're setting this up with the violin in the background. We're panning around to different things, looking behind people, yada, yada. So I'm finding that most of my scares come from newer films. And when I say new, I say last 15 to 20 years, roughly. Uh, and it's harder to get scares out of old ones. Not that they're not there. They're just harder. But I think this is one of the older ones that still really works for me. And that's the chumming the water. Uh, we're going to need a bigger boat from Jaws. I think that one is perfect. Uh, it's set up really well because Brody is, again, chumming the water. But he's not looking at the water. He's looking back in inwards towards the boat. I don't remember if he's having a conversation with Quint or Hooper. Uh, but the fact that Bruce the shark just pops up right behind him and Brody has to bolt upright just <laughs> with this look of sheer terror in his eyes. Great acting on uh, uh, Ray Schneider. Schneider's part yeah. in that scene. Uh, but, and again, we get the iconic line out of it. I think you're going to need a bigger boat. Uh, that, that scene still scares me, even though I know it's coming. And it's again uh, from a film that's, almost 50 years old at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I am going to stay within the realm of Jaws and talk about the jump scare from that movie uh, that made me scared to swim in the ocean for a year, and that is the head in the boat. Yeah. Uh, When uh, when Hooper uh, comes (laughs) down, uh, swims down uh, to find, um, to see what happened to a fisherman, I don't remember his name, Ben something, 
Um, and uh, all that's left is a decapitated head that, <laughs> that like flies out and scares the shit out of both Hooper and the audience. With only uh, one I, so, eye, too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I've only seen Jaws in a theater, uh, never seen it anywhere else. Um, and so I, I mm. feel like seeing it in a theater. <laughs> brag. <laughs> yeah, humble brag. Um, seeing it in a dark theater, uh, like without knowing what was coming, uh, definitely contributed to how much this scared me. Uh, but I think it's just super effective. Um, because a lot of jump scares, especially the newer ones, when they're punctuated by like that that you know stinger that I was talking about earlier, or like a, a variation on that, it can feel a little cheap. Here, it does not. Here, it feels completely and totally earned. Um, and I find that that's a trend with some of the older movies. Like the newer ones tend to overuse that uh, that cliche um, a little bit. Yeah, I, I had both of those mentioned. I actually so I had Heath's one in my top ten. Uh, but I actually think I find the one that you just mentioned, Rowan, even scarier because I like jolted when I first saw that one too. Yeah. There's um, a few I, scares from this movie that would really work in this conversation. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. The first Jaws is just so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's a classic <laughs> for a reason. One might say. Hot take right there, my I friends. Um, Jaws good. Uh, I'm going to switch <laughs> franchises over to uh, the Alien franchise and go with my favorite one, which is in Aliens when the Xenomorph appears in the water right behind Newt. Yeah. That, to oh. me, that image is just like, oh, that's the sound I can best use to describe it. That's how I feel. <laughs> it's just like, a, oh, <laughs> it's like very violating. It's so good. I just love it. I just love the, I just love the still image of it. It's, ugh. One of the best. Very yeah. quick, but a very good one. One of the best shots ever for, that I use as an example of why practical effects matter in things, because it, yeah. it looks and acts as in that scene as if it's there. That thing being there with the water dripping off of it behind that little Perfect. girl, the shadow it casts over, just one of the most masterful scenes in film history, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I agree. That, that's also one of those scenes where you could pause it, print it out and frame it that that is a a beautiful just image to look at and i have <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding <laughs> and and like that moment is like what 15 seconds max right because it's part of a larger sequence where she's like, like five or ten it is not long yeah it's so quick yeah yeah but like it we all instantly went yeah when it yeah. happened because it's just that memorable you know it's so fantastic mm. Um, this one, I, I think I might have to defend being a scare, honestly, but I have defended I have this exact thing being a scare to multiple people before, and it is the very ending of the very first Saw film. As I mentioned, that is my very, that is my favorite horror, one of my favorite horror movies, and I'm considering... Are you, are you talk are you... To I try will, to dance will, around spoilers of a 20-minute movie, uh, our 20-year-old movie, are you talking well, like... No, I, I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil the whole thing right here now. Go for it. <laughs> um... So I'm specifically referring to the bit as the start, the buildup of the scare starting when, cause you know, the whole film, everything feels kind of wrapped up. Danny Glover, he's got his, he gets shot and he's dead and all that, all it's gone. Zepp has been killed and all that. Mm. And then he pulls out the tape recorder and the, yeah. And, and then you instantly chaos and unease builds in the audience, like a normal scare, like a violin build or anything like that. And it, culminates in the iconic him screaming and the game over and the shut the door it's one of the most ominous scary and just viscerally dirty and violating endings i think i've ever seen in a movie because i mean even though you do get the context of what happens to adam after that movie in a later movie even though it's not much better <laughs> it's it's still this like this 
he was just left there to die in this horrible situation and everything was solved and it's just the worst everything went as wrong as it could and it built up to that insane moment and i I love it to death it is one of my favorite endings of all time yeah i guess it's not a scare in the traditional sense of like you're gonna immediately jump but it's the it's the lingering terror of oh my god i now have to think of what it would be like to be adam trapped in this room until i just die yeah that that is the terror precisely or like in saw three when amanda comes back and mercy chokes him with a plastic bag but you know (laughs) it's whatever it's still it's still very it's a great scare precisely because it's just like this when that door closes and you just see those credits appear it's just not like that's it that's that's Mm -hmm. nothing you're allowed to sit on that image in like the most like it's like it's uncomfortably ambiguous i think that's why there are so many sequels because there's so many unanswered questions (laughs) you know that now all of them are answered but (laughs) that that speaks to the power of that ending I am going to go back to space, but not for aliens, for alien, and talk about the xenomorph lunging through the air duct at Dallas. Um, That scene is constructed beautifully because, again, kind of, you you see something's coming. Nothing good is going to happen with Dallas. He's stranded. He's isolated on his own at this part of the ship. He's in a confined space. It's claustrophobic. The literal only light he really has is... Does he have the flamethrower at that point? It's it's the flamethrower light. Yeah, yeah. so the flickering light of the flame. So it's not even a consistent lighting source, which makes the shadows bounce around and move that much more. Mm -hmm. And when the xenomorph does appear and just... It's actually a really simple scare. It's just the xenomorph's arms on either side of its head lunging forward. But damn, that made me jump so much when I first saw this as a kid and it still makes me jump now. And I know it's coming. (laughs) I've seen this movie like a dozen plus times. And I still think that's one of the great all time scares, which again, all the more impressive. This is from a film from the seventies. Fun fact. I've given a presentation on that scene before in film studies Nice (laughs) on on why it's perfectly constructed. I could, I've literally have talked about it for over 10 minutes before that very scene (laughs) going through it almost shot by shot. Well, that is perfectly constructed. Yeah. Yes, it is. Maybe Ridley Scott knows what he's doing. Maybe, perhaps. Huh? <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to talk about a scene from The Exorcist 3. Uh, yes, in which someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone, I knew someone was. I thought <laughs> yeah. Foster would do it, but yeah, Rowan, go. Um, so I was going to. <laughs> we, uh, we, watched, uh, we watched this scene. Um, I mean, I had seen the scene a lot. But um, we watched it in uh, a film class my freshman year um, where we did basically just did a whole class about jump scares because uh, my professor then and now just loves horror. And this was one of the ones uh, she showed to us um, that doesn't scare me in the same way it used to, but I... I have sort of moved on to thinking about the logistics of it, which is not something you should really do for a lot of uh, j- uh, jump scares because they are designed to scare you. Uh, and uh, uh, a lot of them, not a lot on this list, uh, but 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 a lot of them in other movies, if you think about them too hard, uh, they don't line up uh, as well as perhaps they should. Uh, but this one, uh, a um, it's in a hospital. Uh, a nurse is walking down the hallway and we have a sudden zoom and a sudden uh, shriek as we see this like white sh- shrouded figure right behind that nurse with a knife pointed right at the back of her throat. Um, and it is uh, just viscerally terrifying, uh, at least the first time uh, you see it. 
this is one for me that's made by the build-up. I, f- mm-hmm. I don't know how long it actually is. It feels like five minutes to me, almost. Yeah. Like the, just it's the it's almost that long. It, it, it's, it's several minutes, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's so quiet. She just walks in a room. She walks out of a room. And it's like one of those scenes where like any noise happens and you just like reflexively like want to jolt. So you're just like, you're, <laughs> you're like holding your arms into your body like tight because you know something's about to happen. And they really land it, I think. I, I love this scene. This was on my top ten. I think that one works because it's like the it's like the inverse of the gag where something's funny, you laugh so long it doesn't become funny, and then like they keep doing the joke and it becomes funny again. This yeah. this is the horror version of this where I expect there to be a scare because you're setting it up like a scare, but then it keeps going so long that it's like, oh, it's not a scare. This is character development, scene establishment, and then it keeps going so long again that you're like, wait, is some what is going to happen right now? What are we <laughs> watching? And then there's the shriek and ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. One yeah. one thing I don't hear talked about with that one that I think makes it really brilliant too is that the rest of the movie is not like that. It is not no. shot like that. It does not feel like that. So when that scene comes up, it really does stand out. You're like it, it like and that shot like it, it's it's not just like a scene where it like plays out just like her going in and out one room out. It's just one shot and you just yeah. see it happen. And so that stillness is very unlike the rest of the movie. It almost plants. Just I like don't even know if there's another the movie or another moment in the entire rest of the movie I would even consider scary. Like it was just that, and the rest well, of it is like more reflective, it, contemplative conversations and stuff. And well, how dare you for life. one? But that's <laughs> 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 but that's not the, that's not the discussion here. But how dare you? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a brilliant scene and a brilliant movie. It's. Yeah. I, I like Exodus 3 more than the first one, Sacrilege, I know, but it's <laughs> it's brilliant in my opinion. Yeah, r- really quickly, I, the, one of the other moments that I find scary is the people running on the ceiling. Oh my um, god, that's so good. I think that's pretty scary. Um, I don't I don't have much else to say about that one though, but um, my uh, next official pick that I want to I wanna lobby for, I don't know if anyone else has this on their list, that's fine, but from the original Omen, um, I really like the movie when his nanny at the birthday party at the start is just on the roof and says it's all for you damien or look at me damien it's all for you i just think that is so so creepy it like really freaks me out actually even just thinking about it and just like the fact that it's his nanny someone who had such a close connection to him and the fact that it's in such a public place and then jump you know oh man it like sets the whole tone of the movie for me to me that is like the moment of the movie and i find it like it's one of those ones that's not just scary in the moment, but like is deeply unsettling after you've watched the movie, it's going to stick with you and just make you uncomfortable. Every time you think about it, it's so effective. Love it. Sure. It's always mm-hmm. been a shame to me that the moment people often talk about is the decapitation with the glass in that movie. Cause that's a great moment too. Don't get me wrong, but like that's, I agree with you. That's easily the best moment of that movie, like far and away. It's incredible. Um, but my number seven is um, the, uh, yet again, um, the ending of the fly specifically <laughs> David Cronenberg's fly specifically when his skin completely falls off and he is full on <laughs> Brundle fly. And he, it culminates mainly in the moment where he, you know, a, a, a acid vomits on a guy's hand and it melts off. <laughs> um, I just think, I mean, you guys clearly seem to see the pattern at this point of me liking scares in which the entire dramatic weight of the movie builds up to it. But um, yet again, that is the case here. And I think, I am a huge fan of body horror. And I think what's so good about this specific scare is it's the emphasis of consequence on the story. This is the moment of the movie where the movie gives up on Jeff Goldblum getting better and where he is. And that dramatic weight with the like, and it's 
the complete alienation of him being human like it's just there's nothing human about him anymore other than like the relative size i guess he's he's a fly now nothing mm-hmm. resembles human anymore and that like dramatic weight i think is what helped me put it here it's just so tragic and i think the fly is a movie that i have argued for many people should be considered in the likes of the shining in terms of how well constructed and good it is i i will sing that movie's praises till the end of my life but it's incredible I uh, just watched this for the very first time uh, a few days ago um, in a, in an, an effort to procrastinate my homework, and it was just such <laughs> a fantastic decision. I loved it. I thought it was so good. Yeah, I'm yes. Procrastinating yes. homework is always a fantastic <laughs> yes, decision. Exactly. That's correct. <laughs> I agree, but yeah, it's it's just masterful. I love it. Well, I I'm kind of jumping around. I'm not doing a uh, countdown like you. I'm I, I kind of wish that I had been doing that. But uh, I'm going to just <laughs> jump to my number one because I just I'm tired of not talking about it. And that's from 2017's It, and that is the slideshow presentation in the garage. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I high on my list too. Do not know if I've ever felt more scared in anything that I've watched in any horror movie. <laughs> uh, I think it is the perfect installation of terror and atmosphere and build up because we enter that scene not expecting a scare remotely that is the kids all coming together i think that's really the first time they're like unified they've all told each other the stories they've all seen the clown except for i don't think richie has at that point um but everyone else has and they're like no we are going to do something about this we're going to fight back and they're kind of giving up each other they're like it's like they're like detectives in the moment they're putting their clues together the pieces oh i saw him at this intersection oh i saw him by the well house and, and all this stuff and you don't even expect something to happen and then the slides start spooling and faster and faster to the point that it actually becomes a moving picture and then Having one might say, yeah, having the construction of Pennywise exit the slideshow by transforming an image of Bill's mother into this demonic personification of evil and this clown, and then one of the better visual effect moments of the film, where even though he's overly large, I actually think Pennywise looks really well constructed and crafted, like from an animation perspective in that scene where he doesn't look hokey and he just, it is purely terrifying. The kids are completely trapped. They don't, they can't get out of the garage. The doors are locked. They can't open the garage door. They can't get back into the house that like, and there's a sense of chaos to it that I love as well. That, you know, it's, it's not just one person who's, who's experiencing a jump scare all on their own. And they're trying to maybe grapple with, Oh, did I imagine it? Did that even really happen? This is no, we're all experiencing a shared moment of dread, existential crisis, and there's no way out. We're all going to die right here. Like, this is the end. That's almost the sense you get from it. Um, I, I think that's just one of the best constructed scenes that we've gotten in horror in many years, and truly one of the best scares I've ever seen in any film. Nice. I have an honorable um, mention briefly just from that movie. I just want to mention him crawling out of the refrigerator while mm-hmm. his limbs are like that yeah. always scared the hell out of me in that movie. That's my favorite scare from that movie. No, no shade ears at all. Excellent pick. But like just quick mention of that one. Go ahead, Rowan. Sorry. Um, I am going to uh, go pretty classic with mine. I only have three more uh, that are on my actual list. 
Um, I want to talk about the very end of the original Friday the 13th. Can you guys hear me? I feel like I... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can hear you. I out there yeah. for oh, yeah. a second. Um, the, uh, the end of the original Friday the 13th, in which uh, the, 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 the final girl, Alice, uh, is... Um, uh, she thinks she's made uh, she's made it out uh, and that everything is okay. Uh, and instead, uh, baby zombie, <laughs> who knows what's going on? Uh, Jason pops out of the water, never and, uh, and, and dra- <laughs> Yeah, and drags her under. Is this a dream? I f- I, I feel like this it's is a, a dream. dream. It's a dr- yeah. canonically, it's a dream. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I uh, just had to make sure. But um, yeah, I, I think this is just such a great ending to the movie, and it's it's just a great cap on what is. Um, like honestly, a pretty low key horror movie in terms of like um, overt scares like this. Like like this movie doesn't really treat scares uh, in the in the modern way, except for this ending scene, and that's why it feels like it comes out of nowhere, but it doesn't feel out of place. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean they they yeah. just you you watch Crystal Lake Memories like. Sean Cunningham just saw Carrie in the theater and said, "Hey, let's do the ending of that movie." <laughs> like that's literally what happened. He just wanted hey, to do that, and so he's like, "That one's in my honorable mentions." <laughs> oh, <okay>. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's amazing. That, like I agree, it, it's so perfectly integrated. But it's amazing that it literally was just, "Hey, let's do that thing," even though mm-hmm. that's basically the whole movie from Halloween anyway. But yeah. totally, yeah. But still, yeah, I, I'm going to go to Halloween and mention. Um, uh, right at the end when Michael stands up behind Lori. I just love that shot so much. It's one of my favorite movies, and so it's just one of those... Oh, you mean like when me... he sits up? Yeah, when he sits up like in okay. the doorway. It's just yeah, one yeah. of the most iconic images of all time to me. Uh, and Not just to me, it is <laughs> one of the most iconic <laughs> images. Uh, I don't know. I don't have much to say about it. It's just like one of those ones that it just it has to make my list, you know, but I don't have much original to say about it. I just love it. Yeah, I love that The Undertaker from WWE completely crafted that as part of his image. Just like sitting up after getting wrecked in the wrestling ring. That's a tangent. Anyway, sports, <laughs> sports, <laughs> entertainment. I love them. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> I like the ones with the you know the balls and the they do the flips and stuff them. and they do the things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my my uh, next one is uh, the reveal of the queen and aliens. Specifically, that's my favorite alien scare. Um, what I like so much about it is that. At that point in the story, you've so settled into the way, the specific way these characters are outclassed, and then they go to get a specific thing, and then you realize they haven't been as outclassed as they are right now. This moment, this reveal of this design, the way it's shot, only seeing the sack, and then her, and the way she's like funneled into the walls and all that is the eggs all around her. It is one of the most perfectly sustained and paid off tense moments in science fiction history, in my opinion. But yeah, that's really it with that one. The design, all of it is incredible. James Cameron knocked it out of the park with that one. I have one more from it, and this is the You'll Float 2 skittering Pennywise mm-hmm. in the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, seeing little Georgie, you think it's like an, an, an innocent hallucination, but seeing him rot in front of you, uh, his voice get corrupted, the rep- the repeated line of you'll float too. Uh, there's something about in horror when and when a creature, a person, a monster, a villain skitters forward really fast, and it looks like there's a frame rate issue just on that individual person because <laughs> they jump around so much as they move way faster than should be humanly possible directly towards the camera, 
and especially across the water as it like splashes around. I don't know, just that entire scene, the construction of it, that always gave me the chills. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's moving moving so inhumanly. It sets up Pennywise as this like not even like from here type monster so well. Doesn't even obey our laws of like space and time. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just I, I've I've talked talked about before how uh, it was like it 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 came at the time when I was just allowed to see R-rated movies uh, alone in a theater, and so that movie is very special to me and also very scary to me. Um, but I'm gonna go, uh, go classic for my next one as well and talk about the chest defibrillation scene from The Thing, um, which again this is another one that's about uh, build up because we know that there is a creature. Uh, and we know that they're like that that like we don't know who we can trust, and then this just like just comes out of nowhere and just knocks off uh, you know like half the people in the room, um, and the fact that the chest opens and it looks as good as it does, I think contributes to how scary it is. Because if something looks obviously fake, I feel like you're less inclined to buy into it and believe it and be scared by it. And this like, <laughs> this just looks so real and just, just viscerally terrifying uh, because your brain, at least when you see it for the first time, your brain is trying to comprehend how does that look so real and yet this is clearly something that would never happen. I don't know. That, like, that, that's just how I've always seen uh, this scare. Yeah, no, that was oh, yeah. really good. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So if we are counting the spider head thing that happens, is that the same scene, or, is, or am oh, I yeah. thinking of? It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's yeah. the same scene. Yeah, I that might be my favorite from the thing. If if we count that, because I love that spider head thing. I have on my list very high the blood test scene from the thing. That was not, that was mine so, from the thing. That was yeah the blood I, test. I have to mention this. So so for me, this is one that's like just about the whole scene too because we know one of them is the thing right and we know that he's like dipping the thing into the into the blood to try and get a reaction out of it and we don't you know quite know what's going to happen but we know it's coming and man they just built that tension so perfectly or john carpenter builds that tension so perfectly um it's just like one of the greatest extended even more so than the scare itself it's like just one of the greatest scenes of tension ever it's like almost unbearable even when i know what's about to happen this is when that still works for me like rewatching. i'm never gonna not like just squeeze my stomach the whole time so i think good. it works really well for me because uh the potential candidates for the thing are tied down to a chair so it almost gives you as the audience that constricted feeling like oh i can't escape something bad's gonna happen i can't get out of this one you know it's just Behind door number X, you know, like there, there is the thing and just waiting for that reveal, you know, it's coming. Uh, it, yeah, I agree. The blood test was my pick from this movie. Yeah. People are on fire and then they're still tied to the chair. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, I think this might be the greatest moment of coincidence that maybe ever will ever be captured on this podcast because my number five was a tie between both of the scenes just mentioned in the thing. That is, that is honestly insane because like on my notes here it's the defibrillator scene and the blood test scene on here so i'm uh just to short my thoughts i agree so my number four... <laughs> good thoughts yes my, my number four is the cenobites appear in the hospital from the first hellraiser film mm. talk about a scene that works pretty much on every level for me in my nerdy way that I literally quote every single line as it comes on, because every single line that Pinhead says is iconic and fantastic and his voice. Oh my God. But I think what 
what I love so much about it, especially when you first see it, is granted you've seen like the Cenobites before in the movie, but not like in any clear way where you're just like, wow, that's some imagery. Here, like you get context of what they are in the story, but what that that specific context in the story means to hear to Kirsty implies so much more as in like, oh god, she is in a world here. She is in so over her head, she is literally fighting fighting quote unquote she is literally involving herself in the biggest existential like problem that could be faced by humankind <laughs> in this world and just talk about you know just the those cenobites towering over the mere mortals they are standing next to and it it that's always really struck me the way that the power that they hold and how casually they hold it and how they make you feel small as an audience member even just like when she's crying and they say oh please no more tears it's a waste of good suffering <laughs> yeah it's like little things like that i'm like uh just it's my favorite thing maybe ever so <laughs> yeah now that is really good uh i'm gonna throw out another found footage one we did wreck earlier i'm gonna go paranormal activity the first one although i might mention another one later uh the first film the ending of it where we get the body thrown at the camera. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. We've just had this, and this is one of those interesting scares where the whole film itself is the buildup to this scare, because this is the final moment. Um, it's the and, Blair Witch formula. Yeah, exactly. It is the Blair Witch formula. Um, although I think this one works better than uh, the guy in the corner uh, for Blair Witch. And that is um, that we've, we know this house is possessed, this woman is possessed. This demon is here. We've seen the footprints. We've seen the behavior. And just watching them leave the bedroom, going down the stairs into the first floor of the house, and then you just hear this struggle, this screaming, this like demonic roar. And then all of a sudden, from pitch blackness, just this body being flung at the camera with such intense brutality and force behind it that you're... It's just staggering in how startling it is. Um, I think that one's always worked incredibly, incredibly well. So that's uh, uh, the body being thrown at the camera at the end of Paranormal Activity. Nice. I mean, that entire movie working at all hinges on that one scene, that mm -hmm. one scare. If that disappointed, Paranormal Activity wouldn't be anything to us, you know? Like, the franchise wouldn't exist. No one would care. But that whole ending is... It's like, that's the reason that Paranormal Activity and even like the Blumhouse like model even like yeah. truly like exists today. So, and it's because over in Pelly in that scene. It's just because like, that's really the only time and I, it's not the only time, but it's one of the few real times that something feels physically threatening in the movie. Like before that, it's a lot of maybe things have moved around or. Uh, you know, it is definitely creepy watching her stand over the bed and just watch the guy sleep and you watch the time code go by and she's standing there for hours watching him sleep. That is creepy, but nothing like is physically happening. Mm -hmm. And then we get this where it's just like, oh, dude is dead. Like game over. This is all built up to a horrific murder. Yeah. Talk about genius sound design too. like the, the yeah. scuffle downstairs as the whole thing's going on. Like that's just. You, and the camera just stay, stays in the bedroom. You're just going, oh God, I'm not seeing the chaos and the tension builds and like skyrockets. And then he's throwing at the camera. It's just, oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I only have one more on my top ten that I have left to talk about, and Heath is going to be happy about this one. Uh, there were many from this movie that I could choose, and I think two uh, that have a chance of making our, our final top ten list. The one that actually <laughs> made my list is The Closet Door from The Ring. Yeah. Um, because... I was saving this movie for my last ones to talk about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this scene is near the beginning of the movie, um, yes. and it... It is not scary in a traditional way. I think when I first saw this, I disagree. Didn't, okay, I didn't. <laughs> let me explain. I didn't. I didn't jump like I would at a usual jump scare. I was shocked in the way that it is a very sudden cut combined with something grotesque that I definitely did not expect to see in that scene. That actually like like chilled me. And yeah, I don't know. That 13 too. That's yeah, wild. Yeah, exactly. Which is crazy that it is as effective as it is. Um, it is, it is pretty low on, on my, on my top 10 list. Um, but the fact that it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it made my list, uh, in general, because I do think that it is just incredibly, uh, effective and, uh, and, and, and often, um, Actually, no. I can't say often overlooked because I I like I, I have seen it in a lot of uh, other top ten lists of uh, best jump scares um, in horror. But I think that it deserves um, a spot on the list just just purely because of how abrupt and how like and and how brutal uh, it is. Based on like it's in a conversation where they're talking about what we see and what we see is not pretty. And the fact that they chose to cut to it and show us, I just think is like. That was a choice that they made, and is and and, <laughs> and it is a very uh, upsetting choice. Yeah, I'm going to rant on this one for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> for a long time, I've considered, and I might even still consider it. I'd have to think about it. But uh, the Ring, the American, the Ring, it might be the scariest movie I've ever seen. Uh, when this came out in the early 2000s, this rocked people's world. Uh, this literally redefined what we could do with horror in many ways. Um, and that was a big part of it. I call it the, I saw her face, uh, mm -hmm. scene because what's interesting about this is you're right, Rowan, they imply, they heavily suggest that we're never going to see, like we, we see the setup, the cold open and like the friend is, is over. And then the girl goes upstairs and there's like water seeping out into the hallway. Like we see the whole setup, but we cut away before we ever see the kill or the moment, whatever you want to call it. And you think we're just going to be left with, Oh, we don't need to see that. Cause the movie goes on for about five, 10 minutes almost without giving us that revelation so much time. So in fact, that goes by that you're like, Oh, we're just not going to get that. And we don't need to story wise. We don't need to know exactly what happened to her. We just know she's not with us anymore. And something bad has happened. That's all that's actually pertinent to the narrative and construction of the story at that point. So when we get to that scene where Naomi Watts is talking to the mother and like trying to console her and get more information and the mother says, I saw her face. And then we get that, that snap back to that moment for all of, it might even just be a second and a half, two seconds tops. It is not long. I was going to say like a half second. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a combination of, holy crap. I didn't think we were going to see this but they're giving it to us anyway. So that's usurped our expectations because they'd already trained us at that point. We weren't going to see it. 
then it is way more grotesque and body horror oriented than you probably anticipated. Like you thought maybe she'd just be dead and like there'd be blood over her. I would say, no, this is way worse. She's literally a drowned figure so bloated with water that it's distorted her entire face. And there is that, that musical sting as well, but it's not your traditional like violin. It's like a heavy static of the TV. And it's like all of this construction just makes this so beautiful. I say beautiful. That's a weird word for the, this type of <laughs> no, scene, but beautiful. it is in terms of the construction of what we're going for thematically with this film from an atmospheric perspective, from a sound design perspective, from a cinematography perspective, like this scene gets so much right. And it's why it's so memorable, you know, multiple decades later, I genuinely think this is one of the best jump scares of all time. And I have this on number two of, on my personal list. I, I love this one. I'm curious what your number one is then. I already said it's uh, the, the slideshow from it. Oh, 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 got it. I didn't realize that was your number one. Yep. Um, all right, I have one more on my top 10 that I want to talk about sure. before I get to my honorable mentions. And that is one I know May is going to back me up on. And that is the doorway eyeball shot from Black Christmas, which apparently there are three of them. There were two remakes of this movie. There were? We could have been counting this the whole time? Yep, there was the yeah. one in 2006. Oh, so and then there, there, was, there was one in 2004 and there was the one in 2019, I think, which is barely a remake. It just kind of has the name, but it is technically yeah. part of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, pu I'm pulling a you heath when you mentioned wicker man and i oh. uh, rocked my world um <laughs> oh man this this is uh to me so we're talking about like movies that truly scare us this is to yeah. me like one of the scariest movies ever made and one of the one of the few movies that like deeply upset me when i watched it and i've only seen it once i watched it for the first time right around last christmas <laughs> uh perfect way to celebrate last and christmas. that whole last 20 <laughs> minutes of this movie is so brutal and scary to me and it it uh, all culminates in this this one shot that uh, I'll describe it is is um, the the killer is hiding behind a doorway and the camera just slowly pans and then you just see a little slit in the doorway and an eyeball that's in the doorway and it is like one of the most brilliantly composed scenes. It is so scary. The whole scene is scary and then the one two punch of that last twenty minutes and then the ending where like the fear still lingers after you've left the movie. Oh man, it's so good. I love it so much. This was my number two. Uh, nice. I think it's that, awesome. And I'm going to push hard for it. So that buckle is my up, number children. two as well. That is my number Oof, two as well. Nice, nice. Oh my God. I could talk about that movie four days. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I've said that pretty Do much it. about every single movie <laughs> here. But um, just my little two cents on that one. Yeah, I think a lot of what, just to build off of that, a lot of what works about that scene too is because you, you see it. And then that's the first time you hear the same noises you hear on the calls. Mm. And so it's and yeah. like you hear the prank calls the whole movie and it's like the weird like warbled voices and everything. And now it's like it's ever present and it's horrifying. It's like the moment has finally come where the main character is face to face with this face to face face to eye with this guy. And <laughs> and the the chase, the very minor chase that happens after it is one of the most chaotic and short foot chases I think ever put on film period. It is, and him like wrestling with the door and just screaming and screaming and screaming and then just stopping for seemingly no reason. One of my favorite things ever. <laughs> just let, let me talk about horror for three hours more, but, <laughs> but yeah. Well, I don't know if we've got three hours. Let's not, let's not quite go there, but no, no, no. we can definitely keep talking. What else do you have May? Do you have any more on your list? 
I got two more on my top ten. Yeah. Um, I will briefly mention as my number one, the one that was mentioned, almost mentioned earlier. My number one is from the movie Wreck, my favorite horror movie of all time. It is basically what happens immediately after what Rowan mentioned, and it is the bit where the light is uh, light is out and you see this figure in the end of the hallway and you're like, hey, what's that? And it is this inhumanly skinny, horrifying woman named the Medieros girl. And it culminates eventually in someone just knocking something over because it's literally pitch black. The actors were even acting in pitch black during the scene. <laughs> and it and that thing just comes charging at him with a hammer <laughs> and it is it's probably the most scared I've ever been in a movie. Like Heath mentioned with that it scene, it is easily the most scared I've ever been in a movie. I cannot tell you how like I would like every muscle in my body was sore once the credits rolled and I finally untensed. (laughs) (laughs) It was just it. Thinking about it now, I I literally am getting goosebumps just thinking about it. So (laughs) I have one more in my top 10 and then i think i'm down to honorable mentions and i'm going back to the ring again uh rowan you said there's a couple i don't know if this is the other one you're thinking of but this is uh samara climbs out of the well slash tv uh that's the scare yeah you could almost even make an argument that the the tape itself is a scare because when you watch that the tape and all the imagery on the tape is incredibly unsettling but when we get to the end of the movie and again this is it's the foreshadowing that works. We got the cold open kill with the water all over the, the hardwood floor and everything, and we don't really fully understand what happens. We saw the end result with the I saw her face uh, scare, but we don't know how it happened. Like That's never fully shown to us. And then seeing Samara climb out of the well in the videotape, and then just this incredibly perfect transition use of visual effects and practical effects to get her climbing out of the tv just looks incredibly good still to this day i went and rewatched it for this episode (laughs) and it's also the lingering special effects that are on her body like her body is kind of that like that sky blue haze color of television from the early 2000s it's she's got like static lines along her body she's not even like like fully there almost because she like jumps across like she almost yeah, like she glitches. Yeah, yeah, she, she glitches. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. She glitches across the floor, like towards her victim, uh, like leaving the trail of water. And then we get that iconic eye shot uh, <laughs> when it goes and zooms up to the eye, and the eye stares him down and and kills him. I, that whole encompassing scene, but in particular, her climbing out of the well and the transition of her climbing out of the TV with the dripping hair down, you know, in front of her face. I. I it's one of the most visually disturbing things that you could find. And I think it works incredibly well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, that, that, that was the other one <laughs> that I was, <laughs> that I was, that I was going to mention. Uh, we are down to my honorable mentions right now. Uh, and I, there are actually only two of my honorable mentions that haven't been uh, mentioned by anyone yet. Uh, so I'm going to say uh, the bus from final destination um, yeah. the, the nice. original, yeah. Um, which this is a like this is a more standard, just like out of nowhere uh, jump scare, but I think it is a, a very very good one. The the train half decap is also great in that one. Yes, we, are definitely. you are you talking the the bus in the like middle of the movie where the girl dies? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's like like it's it's more sudden than anything else. Like it's not 
you know, um, punctuated by any sort of music cue, uh, but it is just so yeah. out of nowhere that it uh, that it does, um, you know, jolt you a little bit. It's almost yeah, funny sure. that scene. It's totally it's like she's she's like, absolutely. Well, I'm just leaving you guys. I don't believe in any of this. It's just so fantastic. Yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that for my list, but that's a great one. <laughs> um, okay, first one I'll honorably mention: uh, Nancy's nightmare from the original Nightmare on Elm Street. It's just a great extended few minutes when she's in the classroom, and then it transitions to the nightmare. The moment of the scene for me is the body bag lifting itself up and then dragging yeah. itself across the hallway. Mm-hmm. Just awesome awesome shot so that's my first honorable mention yeah i only got a one more on my actual top 10 list and it is uh my number three and it's the uh the evil dead remake it's the bit it's the bit where the character's name is natalie she she gets thrown into the basement and then mia the the possessed girl in the basement you know crawls up and is getting all up in her face and then the razor blade and it cuts her tongue in half, you know, and then she proceeds yep. to like basically make out with her like that. It's yeah, as one does, <laughs> as one does. Um, I feel like why this is scary is obvious and I need not explain more, <laughs> but, it's, but it's fantastic. I think why it actually works is because it really holds you in the moment. It does not let you escape. It does not cut away. It does not mm-hmm. anything like that. One of my favorite parts of the Evil Dead series is chaotic horror and the kind that you will not ever get the chance to look away from. And this is that encapsulated. So, um, I'm going to just do a, a, now that we're down to honorable mentions, I'll try to be quick. Um, I'm going to do another one from Saw. Uh, Saw is traditionally a body horror uh, franchise, so there's not as many traditional kind of scares in there. You're more grossed out than you are scared. Uh, but there is one from the original Saw, and that's the camera flash, pig attack. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a, a great setup as Adam's going through his apartment. His lights aren't working. He's using the flash on his camera. And you know something's coming, and uh, when uh, Amanda lunges, uh, it is—it's just—it's terrifying. I, I think spoilers for Saw Two. <laughs> spoilers for a twenty-year-old movie. <laughs> um, my uh, last one that I haven't mentioned for my honorable mentions is th- perhaps the most classic of them all: the shower scene from Psycho, uh, which yeah. is not as scary today as I think it was more shocking back then. Um, there was a, uh, a substitute teacher, Mr. Randall, uh, that I had in middle school, and um, I had not heard of Psycho when I was in middle school, and he told me about it, and he said it was the scariest movie I ever saw uh, back back in the 60s, uh, so much so that I was just afraid to go upstairs and take a shower uh, for weeks, uh, and I think that that is a perfect encapsulation um, about, uh, you know, like stuff, you know, it's a... Uh, it's a time thing. Like, like yeah. now I've seen that, that, that shot, like that scene so many times I've seen parodies of it. So it doesn't affect me in the way that it would have had I been seeing movies from the fifties and sixties. And then I see psycho. It is a very different kind of, 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 uh, of scare that affects like people differently um, depending on uh, the generation uh, you're from. But I think that this scene and this scare uh, as well uh, is still fantastic to this day. Yeah, I'm going to jump in off of that because it's right in line. Uh, this is kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier, where it's a lot of we're nominating a lot of modern stuff because the older stuff just doesn't resonate as well. It's not as scary as it used to be. But I had three films, three moments in my honorable mentions that I felt almost for legacy purposes alone needed to be nominated. This was one of them, the shower scene. The other is the chest burster from Alien. Again, I don't think it's really quite scary now, but disagree. You, 
all right, I take it back. Maybe it's not as scary now, uh, but uh, I, I, uh, I would say that we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it because that one really shook people in the seventies. And the other one is the the head spin from The Exorcist. Um, mm-hmm. again, nowadays I look at that and I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's clearly a practical effect. That's not even a real, you know, like my movie brain sees that, but that, that scare literally made people throw up and vomit in movie theater auditoriums in the early seventies <laughs> that made people run from the theater. Uh, th- those are real things that happen. So like this truly terrified people. And I know I, like my parents' generation has told me, like, oh yeah, like I, I don't watch scary movies anymore because I saw The Exorcist, and was that when that gr- little girl's head turned around and she started vomiting everywhere, I, you know, like that literally <laughs> was the end game for some people's horror film career. So uh, I feel like those three had to be mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Foster. No, no, no. It's fine. Uh, I'm gonna actually return back to one you were mentioning, May, with the mm-hmm. Evil Dead remake. I'm gonna mention one from Evil Dead Rise. I didn't have this in my top 10 just because I couldn't distill it down to one moment necessarily, but um, just everything to do with the mom outside of the doorway looking in mm-hmm. and you're seeing her through the eye hole. Again, I just can't pick a, pick a moment, but that, that sequence to me is just like so, so, so frightening. I mean, it could even just be like the open up now, you know, when she's yeah. at, at the door, but uh, what, what were you going to say? What you're mentioning now is literally the exact dilemma I was having when I was creating this. I was like, I really want to put this <laughs> on here, but it's not one moment. It's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not even one scene really, but it's, I agree 100%. Um, brief mention to the crucifix scene in the first Exorcist as well. I think that's scary as hell. The spider walk as well. Um, the only honorable mention that I have on here that I'm pretty positive no one else would have on here is um, technically part of a franchise. Technically, technically, the original Suspiria, because it's part of the Three Mothers trilogy. <laughs> we don't count it, but yes, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's not counted? Sorry. <laughs> um, I just wanted to mention the, uh, the opening kill, the stabbing through the heart and the falling yeah. through the glass. Yeah. yeah, it's an honorable no, mention sure. anyway, but yeah. Uh, my last honorable mention, I said I'd go back to it, so here I am. Uh, Paranormal Activity, this is number two. This is the kitchen eruption, uh, where yeah. you just, uh, see this woman sitting in her kitchen. She's already on edge. Things have already not been going well, and it's just a great practical effect shot where, like, on a timer, all the cabinets, all the doors, uh, everything bursts open simultaneously, and shit goes flying throughout the kitchen in an instant. Uh, it, <laughs> it really catches you off guard. It's 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 a good jump scare. <laughs> I have uh, three quick honorable mentions. Uh, I have one more from it actually that wasn't mentioned, which isn't really like a like a jump scare so to speak, but it's one that you don't notice until rewatches. The mm-hmm. librarian who's in the background, mm-hmm. just standing, hovering, yeah. <laughs> leering, glaring as a. Uh, is it Ben who's looking through the the yeah. photos in the library? It's just yep. so good. That's those are some of my favorite kinds of scares, like like the ones that you. I actually have one in my special shout outs later, but one that you takes you a minute to notice. Um, mm-hmm. Another one is the ending of the Blair Witch Project is a great, uh, just like I mean, iconic. Uh, and then my last one is super recent for a movie that I think is just fine. Is the Nun Two? There's a scare at the magazine stand that I think is yep. super super creative. Um, it's the magazine stand itself and the way the pages flip to reveal oh, yeah. an image. And then also the scene that immediately follows it um, is just a very trippy, cool horror sequence that yeah. I thought was uh, like the best scene of the movie by far for me personally. It was easily the best scene of the movie for me as well. <laughs> I still haven't seen it yet. I'll get to it. <laughs> oh, you'll like that scene a lot, I think. Yep. Yeah, I've heard that scene's great. <laughs> <laughs> Not much about the movie, though. Yeah. 
Um, does anyone else have any honorable mentions? Nope. Nay. I'm done with official nominations. All right. So now that we have all <laughs> the nominees for our topic, it is time for us to do some special shout outs, some special mentions for movies that do not qualify for our franchise list. Uh, but we would love to mention them regardless because they're fantastic. Uh, I'm actually going to say I think Heath and Rowan should go before me because I have too many here and I'm hoping that you all <laughs> knock off a couple off my list first. And then I think maybe we should finish with May because I'm, I'm betting you have some fun, wacky uh, uh, shout outs from 100% from May has some wacky sticks that we wouldn't have thought of. <laughs> so, uh, I, 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 have have I'll mine real quick. I might have a few. <laughs> cool. Heath, Rowan, me, then May. Uh, here's Johnny from The Shining. I think that's classic. Uh, there's a family in our driveway from us. I think <laughs> that is great. Just yeah. like the doppelgangers lingering out in the shadows. And uh, the tall man appears from It Follows. Uh, just the tall man comes up right up behind that girl. Just insanely creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I uh, also have just a few. Uh, Tall Man's a great one. It was not on my list because I didn't think of it. Um, but uh, I have Annie crawling on the wall in the background in Hereditary. Um, yes, that that was on, that was mine too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the creature appearing for the first time in The Descent uh, with the just just the lighting is so perfect mm-hmm. uh, uh, to telegraph that scare. This one's super <laughs> biased because I just watched this movie today, but I just think the setup is great. <laughs> um, it's from the movie uh, Smile, uh, which came out last year. Um, when Sosie Bacon's character Rose is adjusting uh, volume, the audio, um, yeah, the audio yeah, adjusting yeah, is so yeah, great, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and she's trying to find the uh, the point where the creature is whispering her name, and then the creature appears right next to her and shouts, and she just falls down. I think I, that was fantastic. Uh, and since high school is a horror movie uh, in and of itself, uh, the bus scene <laughs> from Mean Girls uh, as well, Regina <laughs> George uh, gets hit, gets hit by the bus. Who paid you to do this? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> this this also is a recency thing because of course I rewatched Mean Girls uh, on October fourth. I mean because so it, it was October third. Exactly. Third, third, third. That was it. Uh, but it was fresh in my mind, so I had to mention it. Classic film. Okay, here we go. I this is <laughs> I, I go so all over the top with the special shoutouts because I just love I love so many of these movies. The ending from Rosemary's Baby, iconic. It just yeah. doesn't have like a maybe a singular second moment like most of our others do, but it's great. The bouncing ball from The Changeling, I think, is great. Uh, the torture oh. scene at the end of Audition, I love. Um, You're taking one my that's, picks. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> one that's like an all-timer for me is in The Strangers, when the person walks behind Liv Tyler for the first time. That is, to me, one of the scariest moments in any movie ever, because that's my worst nightmare. The tapes in Sinister, anytime he goes and looks through one of those tapes. Um, uh, for me, in The Witch, the scariest moment is the, the little kid. The, yeah, the Vivich. My, my apologies. <laughs> yes, the little kid's possession right. scene. I think his character's name is Caleb. That kid just like knocks it out of the park in that scene. It's scary. Also, so the much. little kid disappearing. That is unsettling too to me. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that whole movie, that's one of the scariest movies for me. Mm-hmm. Um, from a TV show, The Haunting of Hill House, there's one, yes! I think it's like in a car or a minivan or something like that. There's it's like the a car. big jump scare. It's the car. It's car. Scene, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I, like, I barely, I don't even remember the context, but I remember jumping. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's her coming out from the back. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Sixth Sense has a bunch of great ones. The one in the kitchen when she shows her knife scars or when she walks right past the bathroom doorway. Mm-hmm. And then also, want to see my dad's gun? And then he yeah. turns his head and then chunk taken out of the head. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. The bear sequence in Annihilation, I love. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a weird movie. May you've probably seen it. Possession. There's oh yeah, maybe. There's a crazy <laughs> scene. <laughs> the, the, We're taking my picks. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Uh, the tunnel scene. Is that what you would have said? Which scene? The tunnel scene. Oh yeah, the, tun- the tunnel scene, man. The yeah, tunnel scene. Yeah. When she's freaking out, you know. The introduction. The tunnel scene, guys. Set. Come on. <laughs> the, the introduction of that monster to the the monster, quote unquote. <laughs> oh yeah, that was yeah. uh So I didn't know what this movie was about when I first when I watched it, and that was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's what kind of movie this is. Um, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Signs. Uh, the Shyamalan movie has. So many good ones. I love the uh, birth, the, new the birthday party, movie. the birthday party scene. Yeah, the yeah. kitchen. Yeah, the iconic classic. But also the kitchen when he has the knife reflection under the doorway, and then sure. the hand. Yeah, and then um, at the end in the basement, there you see like one of the aliens has its arm around the kid, and you don't notice it until like two <laughs> seconds when it moves. It's so creepy. Um, I'm also going to mention, this is a, a bonkers pick, but Skinamarink has a couple of really <laughs> scary moments. Um, there's the, when, when the, the entity or whatever, like starts talking, like come upstairs. That just made me want to like retract into my body. And also like a look under the bed, like whenever it starts talking to you. And then just the ending is really scary to me as well. And then last one, uh, from the brood, David Cronenberg movie, there's a really nasty, gnarly, disgusting moment where the, the mother picks up, um, her uh i'm trying to figure out how you're going to describe this just (laughs) takes it takes a bite and then blood starts spilling out it is nasty and i enjoy that movie you didn't mention her licking all over it first (laughs) (laughs) well take it away (laughs) um okay god um i want to mention the ending of how su the japanese 1977 horror film yeah it's insane (laughs) Um, I, I want to mention the jump scare in Mulholland Drive. Mm. I want to mention oh, yes, yeah. the eyeball kill in Zombie. <laughs> if any of you have seen this, uh, the Lucio Fulci movie where a girl's face is dragged through a wooden <laughs> spike and you see it go into her eye and uh, continuously no drag through and out of no. it. <laughs> um, it is pretty brutal. <laughs> um, uh, every Laughs. <laughs> Every scene in Eraserhead, I guess, would probably work. Um, Just Eraserhead, uh, the movie. Yeah. Um, God, I, there's so many I could think. Huh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave it there for now. Oh, the um, the big chaos scene in the birds. I would also like to mention. Yep, that's good. Um, yeah, that that'll be good. I could name a million more, but that'll be good. <laughs> Okay, so let's get to our top 10. We have all our nominees. We found all the pieces to the puzzle. It's time to put the pictures together and rank. I normally like to try to read all these off. I am not going to read all these off. We have a lot (laughs) of options. So I'm hoping you kept up as we are going along. So let's uh, actually get down to this. Um, Let's start with the collaborative ranking. Let's work together, debate, argue, concur, blah, blah, blah. What are we moving forward? I think of the ones that were mentioned... I think i heard a lot of support for clap clap mm-hmm. are we yeah. down for that yeah, yeah. and yeah. the nun too yes and the nun too of course <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> the greatest the conjuring to the nun scene my bad <laughs> okay the valak <laughs> i'm sorry right, I'm sorry my brain restored. just broke okay <laughs> I, was, I was like damn i know we like the magazine stand but i didn't think we liked it that much i'm sorry in my brain i said it perfectly and i was so confident in how i said it too it's okay <laughs> That would be that would be a trick. The very last thing we mentioned, instant top ten. <laughs> no, no, number one, number one. Are we not all on the same page about the nun too? 
<laughs> I haven't seen it, and I am. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else did we want to do? I, I, I doubt I get two things from the ring, uh, although I genuinely think it deserves it. But w- would we go, I saw her face, or Samara climbing out of the TV? Are either of those? I feel like the TV one's more iconic, but I feel like the better constructed, more impactful scene is the I saw her face one. I would agree so. I agree. I right. agree. All right, I saw her face moving on. Uh, what else there, did we want? There was a lot of the thing love earlier. Yeah. Are you going to put the thing in there? Yeah. Yeah. Can, do we want to tentatively move both of them? Sure. Sure. Why not? Tentative, tentative yeah. Um, I would like to nominate uh, the chumming the water from Jaws. Uh, I think I would go with that one over the head in the boat. Um, I would too. Just uh, <laughs> for a variety of reasons, but mostly just because of mention it or anything. how iconic uh, it is. Um, yeah. I'm going to speak on behalf of Foster and me here and mention the Black Christmas one again. Okay. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. Because, like, I'm, I'm down for that. That, for sure. that was my number two. Like, I will live with that scene forever. When I have dementia, I'll be, like, having nightmares about that scene. <laughs> uh, I, would, I really want Garage Slideshow uh, for yep. it to it, be here. It, it was pretty high on my list. I feel like Insidious should be. Oh, the demon appears? I think so. Uh, All right. Tentatively. I mean, it probably won't make our top 10. Just. Judging what, from vibes. What but, about the attic paint spill from yes. Invisible Man? 100%. I mean, I do love it. I love so many of these. This yeah. is stressing right, this, me out. This guys. is going to get real tough real quick. Uh, attic Boy from Wreck. Does I was that about make say, it? There, were, there were two Wreck suggestions. Which one are we doing? Yeah. I would go the, with the We attic had Attic, attic boy, boy, and then we had the, the Immediately skinny after the Skinny. Yeah. yeah. I think the Attic Boy is better. But, it's more of a scare, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it fits the list more, so I, I'm willing to secede mine if that's what we're feeling we'll move forward attic boy do do we get anything from alien i i I don't i love my aliens one i don't know how i I don't know if we picked one what would it it be though i i feel like we they're the most collective love was for foster's aliens one i feel the the water the water yeah um was there anything else that we're looking at in particular that we want to tentatively move forward for now mm. do we like attic paint spill better than the restaurant scene i, I do yes no i okay. think it's more affecting <laughs> <laughs> I, I i'm willing to secede it though <laughs> okay um the only other one that i might mention is the exorcist three i think rowan you did you mention that one yes that was me and may did you have it on your list um i was looking at the list i'm sorry which one the, uh, the nurse from the exorcist three Oh, that, that was an honorable mention, but I mean, I, oh, okay. I'm totally willing to have it on there. Don't get me wrong. Forward, yeah. Especially because it was pretty high on uh, yeah. on mine. Okay. Uh, I love Yule Float 2 in the Skittering Pennywise, but I don't think it makes top 10. I don't know. Um, Special shout out to Michael sitting up behind Jamie Lee. Yeah, same thing. Oh. But you you want to push for that one, Foster? I, I, I don't have to. I don't okay. need to, but I do love it. Yeah, just for, I feel like me and Foster got the slasher end of, of this, this like riding strong. Me and Foster got that, just murdering people. <laughs> I don't think either of my paranormal activities make it, although I'm glad I got them on the nomination board. In, Is there anything top- else that we're like, yeah, this should be here? Um, Shout out to all the legacy stuff, like the shower scene from Psycho that right. I just, I don't think are scary and yeah. work for uh, this list. I am happy with what we have. We have 13 right now. All right, let's start cutting then. All right. Oh, okay. Um, I guess are we 
we have we have two of the things. Do we want to make that decision yet? I think we have to, um, unless we think that those two are genuinely like, in the top like, ten. I remember on our like kill one, we on our kill episode, we had the two nightmare kills. So I mean, we could do. But the, the, they didn't make it though. One of them we cut at all. Oh, at the very last second. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, um, that that pains me remembering. I, that. I will <laughs> say, I I think the blood test is better. Um, mm-hmm. but that's just me. I mean, I think if we're going for scare, that's probably yeah. the best one, right? Yep. It's it's the biggest tension, payoff, chaos. To, like the the cool part about the defibrillator scene is that it's unexpected, and then the chaos. The scare is more muddled in that case. I feel mm-hmm. structurally within the scene, so probably the blood test is the better pick here. Whereas the blood test is like the tension leading up to the anticipate anticipation of the scare. It's classic. Yeah. Yep. All right, so we'll get rid of the defibrillator for now. Um, I'm what still else? crying inside. <laughs> yep. Ooh. I don't know. I would really a, like to not really lose hard. chumming the water, but I feel like that's one of the weaker ones here. I was about to say, like, I, I, I hate to say it because I love that scene it. and I love yeah. Jaws, but I feel like that that movie might be stronger. Like that movie might be propping up that scare in our mind. It's like that clip, that clip in isolation might not be as good as these other clips. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that might be my argument for taking that one out, but it, it hurts. I don't. Uh, <laughs> it made my top ten, and I'm willing to let it go. Is anyone else willing to let it go? Yeah. I'm willing to let it go. Yeah. yeah. Sadness. Yeah. I mean, they're all great. We mentioned them. <laughs> yep. Um. Anyone else? My next weakest one is the xenomorph in the water. I I'd, I'd lobby hard for that one personally. To stay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel bad because I feel like I'm targeting Heath with this one, but my next one to go, I think, would be the garage slideshow from it. I know that's that you literally have that my number, number one. one though, that's so that's, that's got to make it. <laughs> that's got it. That's got to be there. That is that is literally the scare that made me full fledged fall in love with horror again after mm. <laughs> disowning this genre for many years. As much as like it seemed that we all like enjoyed this one, I didn't hear overwhelming love for the Valak painting. Especially oh. when we have two Conjuring franchise picks in here. Can I drop a bomb? Sure. This is your number one, isn't it? That's my number one. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I knew Foster loved the Valak painting. It's really I, oh. I that's gonna. It is my number one as well. Oh well, you know what? Oh, that's, um, yes, that's an interesting um, wrench in what I just. It was said, my but... number nine. But yeah, I definitely think high it needs to be here. five through the camera screen. <laughs> it is so on. That's Let's the best scare go. in that movie. It's the best scare in the movie for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> in the entire franchise, definitely. I'm okay. It seems like people were not as enthusiastic about Insidious. If that's the one to go, then I'm fine to let that one go. Um, Would we rather? Three, I think the Insidious. Go. I think the demon appears is bet. I think the demon appears is better than the Xenomorph out of the water and the Nurse Head Chop from the Exorcist Three. I are think. We, are we still good with two Conjurings in here then? Because we got the clap clap and that one. Or I think those are two genuinely two? top top scares. I think they should both be here. Agreed. All right. <laughs> I'm I'm okay if the insidious one goes. I would if it were me. <laughs> I would get <laughs> I would get rid of the uh, xenomorph out of the water. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I I think it's fantastic. I don't think it works okay. as well as a scare compared to these other ones. Yeah. I feel like me and Foster are really hard for it, and Heath and <laughs> Rowan aren't as much. So I mean, I'll leave Rowan, that one up to you, you, up to you, okay. Foster. Yeah, we. Can, I mean, if it if it is, I mean, what would your next one be, Rowan? It, just out of curiosity. My next one that I would cut. Yeah. 
Um, probably mm, the next one that I would cut would probably be the door, the the eyeball shot from Black. Okay, no, get out of town. No, we can no. cut. We can cut aliens. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, cut aliens. Here again, I'll reiterate to give you another option. I'd also be cool with uh, the the Exorcist three nurse one. How do we how do we feel about that one? Uh, I, I I do I, like the xenomorph out of the water more than the nurse shot from the Exorcist three. I mean that when you guys said that I. Uh... I then put it in my honorable mentions because I kicked myself so hard that I didn't put it. That would have made like my number four or three if I remembered that one. The nurse. Yeah, the the Exodus okay. three. Yeah. Okay, I mean, we, so if we have to cut it, we we can. Like, I'm not like as like crazy about it. But like, I mean, I I, I love it. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> my, mm. my first one I'd cut would probably be the. I mean, this might be this might be heresy, but the one I might cut might be the attic paint spill. Yeah, I don't think Rowan and I are going to allow that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Rowan's nightmares are going to allow that it's to true, happen. It's true, it's true. I suffered for this, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how many do we have to cut? Like, how- I think one. it's just, just, it's just one. one. Just one? Yeah. The, oh. I'm okay with Exorcist 3 go, maybe, if that's... Exorcist I'm 3 trying- is my number two. Okay, oh. good. Then let's keep it. I didn't really want to do that anyways. <laughs> 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 all right so are we back to the aliens or the insidious then is that what i'm hearing i guess so yeah and i think we should do insidious because that means we got three james wan in here maybe a little bit of overrepresenting of the same general type of scare yeah. in that context mm. interesting all right maybe if we were to get rid of one of those clap clap uh, i'm i'm not i can't let none too no, clap clap's not insidious. going no i mean the painting's not going it's just I mean, not happening my least favorite of those three is probably the clap clap what what about where did you guys have Attic Boy from Wreck? I've never seen Wreck. That's um, my confession. Uh, it's my number three. I mean okay. the scene the scene that I had from Wreck that's connected to it was my number one. Okay. But granted, I I take that scene almost and like just connected to it, so I'm I, I'm pretty attached to that one personally. <laughs> All right. I think I think it sounds like Insidious has to go, which sucks because the demon. Honorable mention number eleven a, on that is one. A damn good scare. Uh, that takes the the Tina kill honors from our best yeah. our best kill episode. The, that's our official number eleven. All right, so we have ten: the Attic Boy from Wreck, Clap Clap from The Conjuring, Valak Painting from Conjuring Two, Attic Paint Spill from The Invisible Man, Xenomorph Out of the Water from Aliens, Nurse Head Chop from The Exorcist Three, Garage Slideshow from It. Uh, the blood test from the thing. I saw her face from the ring and doorway eyeball shot from Black Christmas. A lot of heavy hitters. Yeah, this is not going to be easy. Um, everyone, just be honest. We're going to hurt each other's feelings. We just have to accept it. Xenomorph what out is of the water. your number ten out of <laughs> these? Xenomorph out of the water uh, is mine. Xenomorph or the Exorcist for me. Clap clap. Um, the ring. Really. <laughs> Claptop's my number three. <laughs> uh, that's my number seven. My my number nine is probably the slideshow. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn. I I love all of them. Please don't like. Yeah. This this is is not. They're heavy hitters, all of them. Foster, um, what's your number ten of this? The ring, I think, and the slideshow are probably my bottom two of this list. Ah. Or oh, except Attic Boy, I've I've not seen Rex, so I, I I couldn't say. Maybe out of like solidarity for those that are either not passionate or haven't seen it about wreck maybe we should put that near the bottom wouldn't you say 
Yeah. That's up to you and Rowan. I've yeah. seen it, but it's been so long since I, I remember this scare, the attic boy scare, but I've in the context of the greater film, it's been so long that I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Foster, when you see this movie, I want to get a message from you about how much you regret this. <laughs> you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'm okay. Like just for solidarity, we can just have that an easy pick number 10. If you'd like Ro- Rowan. I, Hmm. Okay. He if, doesn't like. <laughs> if we're going to put that at number ten, I mean, remember that's my number one. It's, yeah. So it's, like, it's I'm, I'm conceding three. pretty hard here. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I don't yeah, think no, we should make that at ten. That All is, right. Well that, then, that is fair. All right. All right. I would be willing. I w- I don't want garage slideshow at ten if. At all avoidable. Is there anything that we could put at ten, and then I'd be willing to put the slideshow at nine? Uh, Xenomorph out of the water. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> I think we got it. <laughs> you can okay. I'll concede. Put it at ten. I feel like that is where the Rowan is leading us to go. So the what? What? What are we talking about? <laughs> All right. So Xenomorph out of the water at ten. Garage slideshow at nine. What are we thinking for eight? If anything, it's the shortest. But um, uh. uh. I would put the ring personally. I I like that one, but I didn't have it on my list. I know Heath, you have it high, but this is the name of the game. So I already just gave up my number one, though. Like, do you understand? Okay. You're now asking me to give up my number two as well. Maybe the okay. nurse head chop would work here. I'm fine I would with be that okay too. with yeah. this, despite okay. how Exus Exus three is a good yeah. number. It's 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 my number two, but I'm okay with it. All right, now we're at seven. Now do I have to give up the ring? Is that what I'm hearing? It I, is. I'd fight for that one yeah, personally. It was, I really okay. like it was my number eight on my list, okay. so okay. we're we're around the point where I'd be okay with. What about? Um, I would I would be willing to do clap clap or attic paint spill. I would be more willing to put uh, the clap one. Same here. Okay. All right, so we're gonna put the clap at seven, not in the gross, disgusting way, as in. <laughs> Yeah. Well, then right. we can we can just <laughs> nice <quick>. Heath. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> we can put the attic paint spill then, like right at number six. Then or we I would be okay with that. Yeah, it was my it was my, exactly my number six on my list. So works for me. All right. I feel like this is a fair place for the attic boy. Then. Yes. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, Get the attic stuff out of the way. Cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> would we be okay with the ring here? It seemed like um, the most collective love for everything else was pretty hard. Well, uh, I think... Where, the, where, where do we feel about the thing, actually, at this point? Uh, the thing was not... Uh, this one was not on my list. Because I, I think I love the others more than the blood test at this point. I hard disagree with that one. If this one, if that one makes number one, I'd be okay with it at this point. <laughs> okay. That one probably is my favorite of all these. Well, no, it's my second favorite out of all these. My favorite favorite out of all these is Black Christmas, probably, even though... Ooh, so it seems like... The, it sounds like... Yeah, he, Heath and Rowan, you all are... Wait, no. Never mind. I feel like the ring and Black Christmas have the more selective love here. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yes. Like, not we're not all unanimously I mean, in there. So maybe that honestly, should be a four and three. The ring was my... Like, this one was my number eight on my list. So I would be okay. fine with it going anywhere. It sounds like I'm the only one really pulling for the ring at this point, so I'm willing to give it up at four, and in which case we need a number three. Do we want to do the the thing here? 
I was thinking Black Christmas because that's just me and oh, Foster. Interesting. I know. Black Christmas. Cool. Let's do Black Christmas. Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> Rowan subtly, but not subtly, dictating this top 10 is my favorite timeline. <laughs> Rowan never does this. This is great. The attitude this episode. I so, uh. so much sass. <laughs> What you got against Black Christmas, Rowan? What the heck? I have nothing against it. I watched it very <laughs> recently on Foster's Insistence, and I loved it. I thought it was so good. But I think number three is a great place uh, for that specific. <laughs> oh my god, the politicians <laughs> <this> answer. <laughs> very diplomatic of you. All right, so we're down to Valak and the blood test. If it is between these two, I want the blood test at number one. Interesting. I want the blood test at number one as well. All right. Looks like it's going to be the blood test at number one, guys. <laughs> well, hold, hold on. <laughs> Rowan, before we bulldozer, Foster, didn't you say you wanted Valak at number one? Um, I mean, I don't know. Rowan has spoken, so. <laughs> this is why the hate mail is addressed to Rowan. Right here. Like this. Exhibit A. Yeah. Direct them to this episode in particular. <laughs> um subject line uh, uh i mean i had the valak painting at number one just because for me that was like one of the coolest theater experiences i had where i was just locked into my chair but i mean if i'm trying to be a little bit more objective about it i feel like the blood test is probably where we should go they're both okay. fairly similarly structured one is just more old and one is newer. Like they're both like the slow build up to the thing you know is coming and you don't know quite exactly how it's going to come and then boom, it gets you in chaos, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I think none, the nun one is my favorite, my favorite, you know, it's the one I feel most attached to and had the best experience with. But From the nun two? Is the like, magazine? Yeah, I get yeah, it. The nun two, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that's the one. Uh, but um, yeah, I feel like it's the blood test. I just feel like it is like at this point, I feel like if we're trying to make our collective list, I feel like it just makes more sense to me to make that our definitive number one. All right. <laughs> I think we've done it then. We have concluded with our top 10. Let's run it down. The top 10 best horror scares ever of all time. Mean definitive. Girls. Number 10, the xenomorph popping out of the water behind Newt in Aliens. Number 9, the garage slideshow in It. Number 8, the nurse getting her head chopped off in The Exorcist 3. Number 7, the hide and clap, clap, clap sequence in The Conjuring. The number 6 pick is the attic paint spill from the recent remake of The Invisible Man. Number five is The Attic Boy from Wreck. Number four is I Saw Her Face, the cold open kill reveal from The Ring. Number three, the doorway eyeball pan shot from Black Christmas. Number two, the Valak painting office confrontation from The Conjuring 2. And number one, the horrifying blood test sequence from the ring. We did it! Yay! The blood test sequence from the ring. Congratulations! <laughs> All according to the plan. <laughs> You've been pulling the strings this whole time, right? Exactly. I've never, not I've never it, seen you. Yeah, not including it well. on my list was a power play, actually. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> for for those that are just listening, he did like a super villain like hand gesture just there. I want everyone to know that he doesn't about. have like that actually <laughs> happened. <laughs> it's a beautiful energy. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I try my best. All right. Well. <laughs> I think that's going to wrap it up for us. May, thank you so much again for joining us. As always, we greatly appreciate it. I hope you had a fun time. I know that I did, and I think collectively we could say that we did. I'm speaking for my co-host here, but uh, thank you so did. much for joining we us We definitely again. did. Uh, bold <laughs> assumption, Heath. <laughs> Foster and I approach that from two very different places. <laughs> well, uh, th- thank you. You, you. Every time I've done this, it's made my day, and I will Aww. continue to do that every time I come on. I hopefully will come on again. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> I just, I'm always excited for the next time, every time I've done this, so... And there will probably be more next times because we have a lot more content that we want to do. <laughs> so, so many more awesome. topics to visit. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you to all of our listeners for tolerating our insufferable fandom. We love each and every one of you and couldn't be more grateful that you take the time out of your day to listen to our incoherent ramblings. If you want to positively rate and review our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and or share it with friends, we'd be ever so appreciative. But for now, it's time to say goodbye, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.